Hey friends, you're listening to In Good News Podcast. I'm Ariana, and here are some of my thoughts as I try to be a little friend. Welcome back. Thank you for being here. I'm praying God has become so very real to you in the last few weeks and that the God of the universe reminded you that he is walking right beside your side in some way. My goodness, do I have a podcast for you. I am anxious to share it. It's a tough one, but the God of the universe is calling us closer and I can't seem to escape it and I don't want to anymore. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's about surrender. But right before we jump into it, let me give my song shout out for this episode, which is I'm Yours by William McDowell featuring Brian Courtney Wilson. Go listen, go listen, go listen. And woo, let me tell you how fitting this song is because this episode first came to me while I was in um, his church, Deeper Fellowship, which I mentioned in a podcast before. But it also was made so personal by a message I heard Lisa Harper give at Elevation called The Humility Gap which I urge every single one of you to listen to, please, I beg, uh, that sparked something in me. And it really is that surrendering begins with humility. Well, what does that even mean? Humility, like real humility that God seems to be so concerned about throughout his love story or the Bible. One of my most favorite verses, 2 Chronicles 7 14 says, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, Then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. And I've always loved the way God frames prayer being an act of humility. When I think about how being vulnerable and open in communication in any relationship is really humbling to express yourself in full to those you love, like that can be so sobering. That makes me appreciate the way God recognizes that prayer does take humility. It takes going beyond yourself to communicate with God. I love that. But The verse also says to seek him and to turn from your wicked ways. And I want to break that down. To seek him in itself will be a whole different podcast of mine talking about that because seeking the Lord is so important to a fruitful walk with God, but can be really intimidating and is a daily choice. And I think at the heart of it is to ask him questions about yourself and your life, then ultimately his will and what he wants to do on this earth and through you. So definitely we'll circle back to that a different day. Then we have this issue of turning from our wicked ways. And throughout God's love story, he wants his people to turn from their wicked ways. You may have heard this term, repent. And I'll be honest with you, I genuinely used to be scared of that word, especially when some Christians have used it, repent, to turn. This one time I was teaching a Bible study on prayer and spent some time talking about repenting and what that meant and what it looked like and how it was important for prayer. And I use this one definition I found that I loved and still do that says to repent is to turn from sin and dedicate oneself to the amendment of one's life. The amendment of one's life. My best friend and I are always talking about how much we love and want to get better in life and how we surround each other with the mindset to rise and are committed to that. And I think that makes me love this definition even more because it sounds so noble to be dedicated to the amendment of your life. No matter what the sin, you can turn from it, from greed, from jealousy, from lust or harming others or yourself. You can be dedicated to turning away from that. And you group that with humbling yourself enough to pray and seek God, then God will hear from heaven to forgive you and heal your situation. 
that leads me to this issue of will God actually hear you and forgive you and heal you like this verse says and in Psalm 51 17 it says that God will not despise a broken and contrite heart so that word contrite here's the definition I was reading about its meaning from a biblical scholar who was bilingual in English and Hebrew and he said that a contrite heart is one in which the natural pride and self-sufficiency have been completely humbled by the consciousness of guilt there's that humility again. Your pride and your self-reliant behavior have to be humbled when you give your life to Christ. I mentioned I was listening to Lisa Harper talk about the humility gap. And this phrase she said stuck with me so much so, where she used Rick Warren's definition of humility as humility not meaning to think less of yourself, but rather thinking of yourself less. It's being so preoccupied with Jesus, being so distracted by his kindness and goodness that we are just not as focused on ourselves anymore. This literally made like one of those moments I will always remember in shaping my faith. I've given my life to Christ and I'm humbled by how wonderful he is, how kind he has been to me. That's true. That's why I keep going after him and I build my life on Christ. I'm so humbled by his greatness. And it made me realize that there are a lot of Christians that may believe in him or may not know what they believe exactly, may love him, or really want to figure out how to love and how to know Christ, but have not surrendered. I am humbled by God and I've chosen to surrender to his will for my life. But that may not be what is happening in your life or someone you know, or you may compartmentalize your life and give God access to control some things, but leave those really important areas to yourself to keep in control for yourself. That last one, I'm speaking from experience. I'd allow God to have my talents in my future even, but my right now and the relationships I had and the things I wanted to do were mine to control. Until God sat me down and was like, what kind of life do you want to live? And I answered and I was like, I wanted to live a life that was full without compromise. And God let me know that he could provide everything I needed and give me more than I could ask for, that my life could be full, but that I was the one living in compromise. He didn't call me or lead me to do that. Talk about humbling. I was caught up in myself and my self-reliant behavior. And if you know me in my personal life, like for real, I am known for maybe being a little too self-sufficient and make my own plans. I'm bad at accepting help. I'm bad at vulnerability, which is something I've really been praying about and actively trying to grow in. And I tend to take on a lot when I don't always need to. And yet God does such a good job at loving me that he let me do that. For Christ is a gentleman and he will never force himself in the heart of anyone that doesn't want him. But he is also secure in himself and his identity enough to know that he is the better way and has a better plan for me. And he loves me enough to tell me that, to tell you that, to offer a better way. The better way means humbling yourself and being so caught up in his goodness that you choose to surrender. Now, here is the really scary stuff. Surrendering sounds possessive. And truthfully, for my ladies, a bit misogynistic, maybe even a little dangerous and overboard. Like, what does surrender have to do with a loving God? Do those things go together? But look what James wrote in his letter, which, to follow along, it's James 4, verses 5 through 10. It reads, Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him, and he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Verse 7, so humble yourselves before God, 
Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter, gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. Please go read that or rewind that. I read the whole thing because it is so good and I used the New Living Translation because I think it as a whole is the easiest to follow. But I do want to focus on verse 7 and I'm going to read it to you in the Amplified Version that says, So submit to the authority of God. Resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. This is what surrender means. It means submitting to the authority of God. It's not only knowing that God is the ultimate authority, but acting accordingly as if he's the ultimate authority. Personally, that's where I often see disconnect in my own walk with Christ. I know and believe for a fact that God is all-powerful, but do I actually act like it? Do I honor his authority and live a life that proves that I'm honoring his authority? And the beautiful part of it all is that verse 10 told us that if we humble ourselves, God will lift us up in honor. You know, my personal pastor has been preaching for a few weeks on Psalm 34, and he used Psalm 34 and 8, O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, blesses the man that trusteth in him, and said, that's how you can tell the Lord is good, by how blessed the man that trusts in him is. My life in submission to God should be a testament to how good God is. Your life as a Christian should be a testament, an example, a representation of how good God is. And of course, we aren't perfect, so there are gaps in our submission. But I do want to ask you that if you're lacking in wellness, not necessarily physically, to be clear, could it be that you have not yet surrendered your life in full to God? Psalm 16 and 11 says, you will show me the path of my life in your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. To submit to God is to gain fullness, life to the full. But to choose to submit to God, to understand that God is worth submitting to, well, that is what separates you from the world from non-believers, not giving into the perversion of submission that this world that does not know God would have you believe. Because in this world, submission and surrender is scary and reaps the opposite of life. But in God, who is pure, you can surrender to joy. You get to actually submit to a God that created you so that he could take care of you. Surrender is not always easy. If you're familiar with Paul's writing in one of his letters, I can't recall, telling us that the flesh is always at war with our spirit. It's a constant back and forth. It's consistently choosing every day to pick up your cross, to keep picking it up. Even on days you drop it or feel like turning around or going somewhere else, to daily choose to surrender. And I think surrendering can be hard when you try, but you fail to, then you just don't want to try again. But God's grace extends beyond anything you can imagine. James 4 and 5 literally told us that he gives grace to the humble. To be humble enough to know that you alone are failing and need his direction and help, that's when his grace extends. He freely gives it. You just have to want it. So, do you want it, Christian? What do you treasure? When I was listening to Pastor William McDowell, he gave this simple truth, and I really wanted it to share it with you. That being that Jesus gives away his riches for free all the time to those that will believe in him. And yet we choose not to rush in. We love this world more than him. Money could not have bought you the forgiveness of God. 
Jesus's blood was the only thing that could have did that. And it did. So he asked us if Jesus was our treasure or if it was just one of our treasures. I really love this song right now that I've been listening to a lot recently. And me and my sister can barely handle it when we're together thinking about this song, how good it is. But there's this one simple line that says, no substitute will ever do. There's nothing more I'll ever pursue. And wow, that has really stuck with me beyond compare that no substitute will ever do. Do I actually believe that? Am I acting like that if I do believe it? That there is nothing else this life could offer that I could pursue that would be better than Jesus. This humbled me and humbles me every time and every day when I think about it, it made me decide to be so caught up in the goodness of God and his kindness in my life with that at the forefront. So for life application, what does surrender look like on a day-to-day basis? Is it not making decisions for myself? Is it not having original ideas? What if I have a hard time hearing God? Well, surrender is about acknowledging God in all your ways so that he can direct your path. Shout out to Proverbs 36. But seriously, acknowledge him in your actions and thoughts and relationships and ask if what you're doing and saying and how you're treating people would be pleasing to God. Is it representing the true God well? Would he encourage your behavior if he was sitting in the room with you? If not, is what you're doing worth being away from seeing God in that moment? Is it worth more than him? If you're surrendering, then the answer is no. Nothing is worth more than him. So in that moment, choose to love one another. In that moment, choose to be patient. Choose to be long-suffering. Choose to be disciplined. Seek out wisdom. Be generous. Be supportive. Choose to lean into joy. Stand for truth. All of these are God's attributes. So surrender to being like him. Adopt his attributes for yourself. To understand this better, I wanted to frame this for you a little. I love to cook, personally. I tend to make really good recipes, but there are times where I'm making something and I'm satisfied with how it tastes. Then I try my dad's version of the dish, and I like his better. So I ask him what he did in the recipe that was different than mine. And I know that what he did was good. So the next time I make turkey burgers, I remember to add Old Bay seasoning for additional taste. And it makes me enjoy my meal so much more. Do that with God. Sometimes our recipes are just not as good as the one who created the dish in the first place. And I find myself repeating every episode now the same two things. The first being that God wants you close. I've said it over and over again and literally read James' letter saying, come close to God and God will come close to you earlier. The second thing is that it's based on what you believe. That's what I found is the trick in surrendering. It's pondering, who do I believe God to be? It's hard to surrender to a God you don't know which makes sense, (laughs) or even haven't talked to in a while, or only talked to when you need help. God doesn't want to be a part-time lover, and I'll tell you why. Because you don't commit to part-time lovers. It's not the side piece that gets welcomed in the home. The best way I can say to know God is to spend time with him. Uh, As I've said before, talking to others about him, reading scripture, testing his truth for yourself. I encourage you to really get to know the God you would surrender to because he will prove himself worthy and loving every time, especially with people messing up representing him. Try Jesus himself instead. 
once you've tried him and he has proven to be true to his reputation as loving and kind and merciful and powerful and the source of beauty and joy, then surrender to him, to his goodness. He is calling you closer. He calls us to surrender so we may abandon our imperfect ways and tendencies and imperfect thinking and instead submit to his perfect plans and his perfect mindset. Matured Christians are called to surrender. Come on, call back to episode two. And now, I will move on to the good news segment of this episode. Being that in a New Jersey community, the extra space storage's solar portfolio is going to cover 800,000 square feet and power over 1,400 nearby homes. I love clean energy. I love this idea of taking care of this many houses. So humbling and yeah this is great. I want to see this in more places and I really do hope to. If you want to read more and understand what's going on more, um, check out renewableenergyworld.com and vote. Um, That is what I did. Okay now my shout out to God this week is that this hope from Christ that lives so deep in my heart has already brought an increase in his kingdom and in my life, meaning my dream is for people to grow in their faith and to live their lives with God in their minds and hearts and to talk to me and others about it. And that really has been happening so much recently. I feel so grateful to know the people that I know, but also be a space for people to come and talk to me about what's concerning them spiritually. And it's very, very, very beautiful. More people that I love have been opening up. I am grateful and I can't help but share my hope. And I pray that the more people I talk to, the more people catch on and can't help but grow in the same hope too. Part of that increase includes a TikTok. If you know me in my personal life, I don't have one. But I felt like I should make one for this podcast. And it is already bearing so much fruit. So... If you have thoughts about this episode or have questions, please DM the podcast on Instagram or now on TikTok, who would have thought, and comment and interact with the show, like it, share it, save the podcast, play it on the road, play while you're cooking, play it for your friends, play it for your enemies, anything you can do to play it for someone, it would help. I am so grateful to be here. So, so, so grateful you're listening and I pray that by hearing you got to know God more and that he makes himself more real to you and as I pray for you I hope you pray for me see y'all next time